Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. My first guest tonight is an author and Emmy-winning journalist who hosts The Rachel Maddow Show. Her latest book is called Bagman. Please welcome to a Late Show, Rachel Maddow. Rachel, good to see you again. Stephen, it is great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's, it's, it's always a, a bit of a vacation for me to have you on the show because you're such a champion talker that I can sit back and just watch you take apart the stories of the day. It's really, it's really delightful. Um, uh, before we get started, I want to I talk to you. A, a few weeks ago, you gave a powerful broadcast from your home about how your partner, Susan, had contracted COVID. Um, first of all, how is she doing? Is she all right? She is okay. She's got, um, she, she had a, you know, a real case of it. And like a lot of people who had, you know, symptomatic cases, she's got kind of the long tail of the symptoms, mm -hmm. which is almost true for almost everybody that I know that's had it. She's got, you know, the fatigue and the headaches and the cough and stuff kind of lingering, but she is out of the woods in terms of us being, you know, scared that she could take her downturn. And so she's, she's going to be fine. It's, it's been a bear to, to deal with it. it. It was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life, but she's going to be okay. And how has that changed your coverage of COVID now that it's, it's been in your own home with, with, uh, with your, your, your dearest one? It's an interesting question. I mean, I think, I mean, if I'm honest about it, this probably sounds a little bit academic, but the reaction to me talking about that on the air, to me saying, listen, I take this as seriously as anybody, but I just realized that I wasn't that scared about getting it myself but seeing Susan suffering with it is the scariest thing in my life. And I would now do anything to prevent that sort of risk to her. Me putting it out there, the way people responded to that made me sort of realize that I think we need to pay closer attention to what motivates people and their behavior around risk. It's, you know, it's one thing to just say, don't do it. That's right. That's dangerous. Don't do it. That's, you know, potentially going to get you into trouble. Do, you know, no, 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 no. It's another thing to understand that people take risks for a reason. It's human nature. It doesn't make you a bad person. Um, but for me, I, it was just sort of revelatory to realize that I care a lot more about my partner uh, and her safety than I do about myself. And I don't know what that says about me psychologically, but I realized that was the motivational trip for me. And it made me realize we got, we had to sort of think about what moves people more than we already have been, especially now that we're going to have this vaccine. We're going to have to think about what's going to motivate people to sort of do the right thing around the vaccination program. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the administration of our, our public health and, and eventually the administration of the rollout of this vaccine. Um, you interview uh, 
top health experts and immunologists and, and epidemiologists. Uh, have you already seen any change in um, the leadership of uh, the medical community now that they know that there's going to be an administration coming in that takes this a little more seriously? Yeah, I, I have. And, I mean, you even see it at the CDC. The CDC is the, the international gold standard disease prevention agency in the world. And they just got absolutely battered under Trump. And, and, and it resulted in them doing a lot of dumb stuff. Um, and since the election, even with Trump still there, you've seen them start to assert themselves and sort of speak more plainly. You've started to see CDC officials make public facing statements and do briefings for reporters in a way that that had all been subsumed, subsumed under the White House and their like quack patrol that they had there. But now we're getting this very clear guidance from the CDC. You should wear a mask every time you are anywhere other than home, any out, any indoor uh, setting that you're in other than your own house, you should wear a mask. Yes, that's true. You could have said that months ago, but at least you're saying it now. So we're seeing it from the CDC, but also there's all these very serious experts that are coming in and advising Biden. They're doing lots of public-facing discussions, lots of interviews, speaking with one voice, all very consistent. And that just feels like a sea change from the, you know, the clown show stuff that, that Trump was doing at the White House. It feels better already. Now that we know, I mean, 2020 has been a singular year. There's been there's been no year like this in my life, at least not in my adult sort of conscious life. I know there were some terrible things, terrible years in the 1960s when I was a child, but there's been nothing like this year. But there's been nothing like the last four years either. And as someone who um, consumes an enormous amount of news in order to curate it and distill it for your audience to try to give it some, as I've said, you're the master of parts on a lawn and saying, these are the parts of a story. Let me put it together and show you how the engine works. You actually have to consume a lot of that poison every day of what the administration is or this president administration is trying to sell to the American people and to the world. How do you think that has affected the way you approach reporting the news? Ah. Because that's going to hopefully go back to a different sort of source of news nutrient after this. But what what now that it's coming to an end, to some degree, do you have any perspective on what it's done? Are you asking basically, did this break me? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it did, it did it in some way change your chemical composition. It might have changed what I am able to digest and how. I mean, I, I feel like this was, I mean, this is a great time to be in the news business because we've never been more vital um, just to learn these basic rules again, that if we didn't know them before, you know, don't listen to what they're saying. Just watch what they're doing. You know, don't um, don't uh, don't take at face value something that you get from a government official just because a government official is saying it. Those rules became very easy to remember all of a sudden again in the Trump administration, mm -hmm. which is good. But they're good rules for us for all time. I, I just feel like. To a certain extent, like training to do this work means you like learn the rules of the road and you learn how to operate safely and you like build up your skills. You, you know, you take lessons, you learn from the best. You do, it's like, like getting a commercial driver's license. Like I'm going to be a big rig driver. I'm going to be out on America's highways. I'm going to convey myself down that highway in a way that is safe for my fellow travelers. And then you enter into this administration, and instead of getting your big rig and getting on the highway, it turns out it's bumper cars. And all the cars, what you're going to do all day is smash into each other and try to hurt each other, and that's your driving. That's your job now. 
And, and the guy I, in the biggest bumper car is saying everyone else is not obeying the rules. And the rules are wherever I drive is fine. And I'm also, I've put dynamite charges in my bumper. So when I hit you, you might die. Right? So it's, it's been... It's been it's been weird, and it I think has unwired a lot of us in the business in a way. But I'm really looking forward to Biden being boring. I mean, he sort of promised to be boring. So and am if I. He is, I'm just I've never been more excited by vanilla in my entire life. <laughs> Two scoops, please. Yes. Are, are, are there any particular members of the cabinet that he's announced that excite you most with their um, base competency? Well, I mean, all of their boring base competency is itself, like, thrilling to an almost, like, adult movie-level degree at this sure. point. <laughs> like, sure. Look at you with all your degrees and experience mm. and cool-headed appro- approach to mainstream problems. Tear me off Come a piece of that here. CV. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am, I am undone by your MD, MPH, CDC director. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says here you've done some pro bono work. <laughs> I've read all your amicus briefs. Yeah, so it's, it's um, I, I get thrilled by new things, which, uh, yeah, be- people knowing what they're doing is back. The SCOTUS rejected a bid to overturn the Pennsylvania results yesterday. And we also passed something called Safe Harbor Day, when essentially the electors are locked. Do you think that for all intents and purposes, there are no more balls to be thrown? And after this, everything is just chatter? It's, yeah. Hmm. I mean, on Earth One, this mm-hmm. is over. Sure, on Prime. But, <laughs> but on, in Trump land, this is still a very remunerative thing. Like, he's still making tons of money from doing this and making some sort of political hay that we're not sure what he's going to what he's going to do with in the in the future. I mean, Safe Harbor Day is the day by which basically any state that certifies who it's sending to the Electoral College, Congress, like, can't mess with them. They have to accept those electors. All 50 states, as of today, have now certified their election results. Like, there's no, there's no history in this country of any court for any reason overturning a properly certified election result in any state, let alone the whole bunch of states that you'd need to have overthrown in order for Trump to do this election. But yet... You know, they're trying to get another lawsuit up to the Supreme Court. 17 attorneys general from 17 red states signed on to this new effort by the Texas attorney general, who himself is under indictment uh, to get this stuff done. I mean, they'll, I think they'll do this stuff for as long as they can continue to get people to send them money to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Trump, that might be infinite. I mean, he might still be raising money for his phantom legal challenges in 2026, but in terms of actually overturning the election, there's, there's just zero, zero possibility. It's done. Rachel, we have to take a quick break, but um, stick around, everybody. When we come back, I will ask Rachel what loose ends and mysteries about the Trump administration she hopes we find out once he's out of office. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, Part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Everybody, welcome back. We're here with the author of Vagman, Rachel Maddow. Well, that that sort of grifting uh, for his post-presidential career is just another form of corruption. Um, there's a, there's some debate going on as to whether there should be investigations into the president of the administration after he leaves office. Whether that's the best thing for the country. Um, whether or not that there are indictments of anyone in the administration or the president himself or his children. Wouldn't it be nice just to know, though? Wouldn't it be nice? What, what, are, the, what are the loose ends you'd most like to know about? Oh, like Trump mysteries that never yes. got run down? Yes. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> I mean, the taxes, of course, is, a, is, is one good one. Yeah. You've been chasing I mean, that dragon for a while. Yes, I want to know... You know, I, there's a lot of thing, financial things about the president that I would like to know, including... Um, you know, why his golf courses make financial sense when all they do is lose money, but he was able to pay for them in cash and nobody knows where he got the cash from to pay for them. Like, there's basic stuff like that in terms who's of what owe, his cash Who's he owe $415 million to? Exactly. But there's also this smaller stuff. I mean, um, you know, the, the president is individual one in the Southern District of New York sure. where his lawyer, Michael Cohen, actually did prison time for the campaign finance violations around that whole hush money payment thing, those prosecutors described the president as having been the person who directed the commission of those felonies and who benefited from them. I mean, Unindicted co-conspirator. Exactly. Literally an unindicted co-conspirator. And so it is... Uh, I'm super interested in the question as to whether or not those prosecutors, if they want to, whether they will be allowed independently to pursue the person who directed the commission of those felonies since they already put somebody else in prison for it. Um, but, the, you know, but there's all these other mysteries. You know, why did the why did the Trump campaign chairman share internal polling data with a Russian intelligence officer? I don't know. Uh, you know like, Could be for any be number of reasons. Who among us has? Yeah, it's a great pickup line. <laughs> Speaking of corruption, I want to get I want to get to your your new book, Bagman. The wild crimes, audacious cover-up, and spectacular downfall of a brazen crook in the White House. And it's not who you think, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tell the people who this is about. This is about Richard Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew, who is the only vice president to have ever been run out of office on a rail. And he literally had to resign his office minutes before he pled uh, uh, no look contendere, pled no contest um, to a charge in a, in, a, in a courtroom. 
and the whole scheme by which he was he avoided prison time and was allowed to resign for his crimes rather than face prison time, and that was to keep him from becoming president. It's a sort of untold story because it was so overshadowed by Watergate, but I am completely obsessed with this story, and I think it has lots of sort of trailing ends that bring us through to today. And, and it reminds you, his story reminds you that the term bag man literally comes from bags of money. Yes. <laughs> because I actually, I actually know uh, stories from uh, people who did construction in Baltimore in oh, wow. the 1960s and 50s. And going in to get your, your permitting, you had to get past Spiro Agnew. And he would literally say, we got a few problems with your plan. And he would leave the office, open his drawers, and walk out. He'd come back in, and he would see if there was any, if there was no cash in the drawer. They'd say, we still have a few problems with your permit. It was yes. absolutely bald. Now, there's a fascinating, there's a legacy of um, Spiro Agnew's corruption and his relationship with Richard Nixon that lasts to this day and has actually influenced the last four years in the investigations of this president. And it's fascinating. Explain to the people why he actually kind of puts our own justice system in a bind when it comes to the president. So Agnew is the last guy before Trump where we can have to, where there's line prosecutors who are investigating crime. They identify the perp, the guys in the White House, and they have to figure out what to do about it. And in Agnew's case, um, they had to decide at the Justice Department whether or not he could be indicted. And his lawyers argued that he couldn't be indicted, he could only be impeached. Agnew actually went to the Speaker of the House at the time and asked to please be impeached. Please investigate me and impeach me. He thought that would be a great idea. He thought that would put off the prospect of him being indicted. But Nixon, who has a completely other scandal, Watergate is a totally separate thing for which he thinks he's going to lose office. He doesn't want the sort of wheels of impeachment to start around Agnew because he thinks that then they'll turn and impeach him. And so he basically advises the Justice Department, hey, I want you to look into this. And what I want you to find is that Agnew definitely can be indicted so he doesn't get impeached, but I can't be indicted at all. Could you decide that, please? And because of that sort of difference of interest between Nixon and Agnew, and because of the fact that they hated each other and we were both trying to throw each other under the bus at that time, and they were both felons, we ended up with this Justice Department policy that says that presidents can't be indicted. And, and that's that just a is, memo from Mitchell's office, right? From the Attorney General at the time. From the Office of Legal Counsel uh, at the time that the Agnew thing is getting forced into the courts. And it's basically a favor to Nixon, and it's a mess, and they, there's no sign at all. And we talked to people involved with that. There's no indication that they meant that to be a controlling get-out-of-jail-free card for every president who came after. But it turned into one, and that's what Donald Trump has been benefiting from. That's why Mueller didn't lay out any crimes that Trump might have committed. That's why he was individual one and an unindicted co-conspirator instead of indicted in the hush money thing. I mean, Trump... Trump owes the fact that he is not in prison and or under indictment to Spiro Agnew and the mess that was made of his case. Well, the book is Bagman. It's available now. She is Rachel Maddow. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. We'll be dropping classic bits and celebrity interviews seven days a week while the show's away on summer break. The Late Show will be back on September 6th with all new episodes. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, 
leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.